the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The big guy is making it a little too easy. Yeah, with his monumental screw-up in Afghanistan, which he's still trying to blame on everyone else if you heard him today, well, we could have made uh, Joe the uh, this week's winner of a very prestigious award, but it's getting to the point where he could win this every week, and we can't have that. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Now, Joe uh, might be the, the leader in the clubhouse right now for the Jerk of the Century Award. It's early, but he's got a, he's, I think he's got a leg up. But it shouldn't be fair, it wouldn't be fair, I should say, to, um, to all the other jerks out there if we picked him every week. And it sure wouldn't be fair to Sheriff Calvin Barrett of Dane County out in Wisconsin if we let this move by him go to waste. Uh, Darren says that the people who are in the Dane County Jail from now on will not be known as inmates. Okay? Nope. They'll now be known <laughs> as residents. It's an effort to, quote, humanize and respect the criminals. Because if there's anybody who needs to be respected, you know, it's someone who's been convicted of, say, murdering multiple people. We wouldn't want to get their feelings hurt. Here's what the sheriff said. This is a quote. Uh, This proactive approach to our criminal justice reform is going to allow us to move towards a 21st century policing mindset in which we treat everyone within our community with dignity, respect, and humanity. Again, you want to make sure you treat all convicted murderers and rapists with dignity. They deserve dignity. You wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. And here's what Sheila Stubbs, the the Dane County uh, supervisor, said. Another quote here. Changing the name of inmate to resident gives them a sense of belonging. Yeah. You know where a convicted murderer belongs? In jail. Okay? And it's a good idea to make sure that a convicted criminal accepts the fact that he belongs in jail. So let's make them all feel like they belong when they get there. So from now on... Let's not call someone who's waiting to be, you know, executed an inmate on death row. Let's call him or her a death row resident. That should make everybody feel better, especially the people murdered by the resident. Sheriff Barrett also decided to change the name from law enforcement officer to peace officer. And here's another quote from the sheriff. It really comes down to just the mindset and philosophy about keeping the peace first and not necessarily falling back into, I have to enforce, I have to arrest or write tickets in order to have the same effective outcome of crime reduction and reducing recidivism. Recidivism. And for all this, Sheriff Kelvin Barrett is this week's winner of the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And when we come back, you're going to hear from a security contractor who works for the federal government. He lives in Moon Township, and he just got back from Afghanistan on Tuesday. He has stories to tell. Stick around. Sun's out and shades are in. Get your home summer ready with custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Get a high-end look without the high-end price on our most popular outdoor shades and transform your backyard into the perfect weekend oasis with light-filtering shades that help block UV rays without obstructing your view. Plus, right now, we're offering up to 35% off everything, making it a breeze to upgrade any room in your home, indoors or out. With over 25 million blinds sold and 35,000 five-star reviews, there's a reason why Blinds.com 
is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatments with Blinds.com today and enjoy your new view all summer long. Visit Blinds.com today to shop up to 35% off site-wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life, and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable, and Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, and so much more. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code STAG. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, by now you've heard all the news about Afghanistan. The big guy uh, today said it wasn't his fault and he can't promise it's going to work out very well for everybody. And it's a screw-up of biblical proportions. Yesterday on our sister station here, uh, Word FM, John Hall and Kathy Emmons, who host the, the ride home with John and Kathy, had Joe Sweeney on their show. Uh, Joe lives in Moon Township. He's a security contractor who works for the federal government. He's been in Afghanistan multiple times, and he was one of the lucky ones. He was evacuated on Saturday. I had hoped to have him on today. But he had to cancel because he's so busy dealing with his return home, return home after being away for several months. And after uh, being away for several months, uh, he had to uh, cancel till we hope to have him on next week. But meanwhile, here's some of what he told John and Kathy. And I got home Tuesday. Wednesday, we started our team of Americans to, to try to figure out how to get our Afghan counterparts out. We basically left them standing there alone when we had to get on those helicopters and they were shaking our hands they were thanking us i mean these guys have had our backs they've supported us without pay over the years because they were slow in getting paid they showed up for work every day my interpreter had my back uh these guys were committed to the mission 100 percent and uh 
basically it was disgraceful how we left we got on these helicopters and we left them there so as soon as we got here we um started developing an email chain between all of us on how to get our guys back. We're in constant contact with them on some secure platforms here. I was just speaking to a few of them about two hours ago. So we're trying to get them out through the various ways that I really don't want to discuss on here. Mm-hmm. Sure. So what you talk about here, obviously, there's a lot of things you can't talk about. But it's important to know that, you know, the disgrace of us picking up our bags and leaving so quickly, leaving people behind who are your friends and allies who did have your back, uh, whether they're making it to the airport or not, that's a whole other story. And so, you know, there are tens of thousands of people who are in the same boat, essentially. Exactly. There's still Americans there. There are probably NGOs that are probably trying to get out. Some mm-hmm. some may have elected to stay. They, they might not have realized how bad this was going to get so quickly. I don't think anybody did it until the last week. <clears throat> but uh, information was just, I would say, sporadic. Uh, it didn't really seem to have an organized uh, method to what was next, to be quite honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's the nicest way you can put it. Yeah, it is. That's the voice of Joe Sweeney. Uh, he is from the Acervo Project, U.S. private security contractor, just back from Afghanistan on Tuesday. Uh, Joe, were you surprised with the, the quickness with which the Taliban has overtaken the country? We, we weren't surprised. We were following them. You know, we were we had we had information and we had reports how far they were moving, what cities they were they were taking over in the nearby provinces. Uh, we knew it was not long. Okay. We hundred percent knew it was not going to last very long. We actually had a game plan to be out by the eighteenth or the twenty fifth, but unfortunately, it uh, it happened quite sooner than that. So, what about the people themselves? You know, I mean, we're watching the news, we read in the newspaper and whatnot, and you sort of you miss the humanity, which is what sure. you experience—the men and the women, the children, the old ladies, everybody else who was there. Can you just give us a general impression of what they were facing day to day? What you know, what it was life like for a, and of course, this is just you know a regular Afghani. I mean, as far as you know, making a living or putting your kids in school, all that. Getting to the grocery store. Yeah. What does that look like? What are we, what are we missing there now? Yeah. Well, uh, now I'm, even before. Yeah. Just well, the day to day. It's a hard life. Even the guys we had on our camp supporting us, you know, laborers and, and people that just did some of the life cycle stuff. They uh, they would be cutting up cardboard in the winter to heat their homes. Uh, they they have very very little, and, and money is just a a conduit for them to get food. Or to get some wood, which is very expensive. Most of them can't afford the wood, so they get cardboard. They burn anything and everything they can in the winter to heat their homes. It's one of the worst pollution environments in the world, Kabul. Mm. Um, I, I won't get into They burn. When I say they burn everything, they burn everything. everything. And um, rubber, mm. you know. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so, so they're used to a hard life. Um, but I think for the 20 years, there was a lot of progress made. There was a lot of progress made for education. Several of my guys were going to school for their bachelor's degrees and master's degrees. We had uh, female officers going to school. We had uh, some humanitarian projects going on where they were getting involved. There were some factories coming in to help support girls to go to schools uh, by former veterans who who had come back to to help. So there was some significant progress there. What's frustrating to me is I see these comments of people (laughs) that uh, I think they just take the nightly news bite yeah. and they regurgitated on social media as fact well it's time it's been 20 years time for us to leave well i'm not so sure i agree with that sure there's a time we have to let this country be on its own but this certainly was not the way to exit 100 percent this was not right so one of the talking points that you're talking about is well we stepped alongside the afghan people for 20 years we tried to train them clearly uh they weren't trained well enough or in the lower ranks we were sold out so that's why it was best to get yeah, out when we did yeah. and, w- and what about the comments that the president made when he was addressing the country where he said you know look if they're not willing to fight for their own country then why should we fight for them is that an accurate assessment of the afghan uh, military I, I would disagree with that statement the triple units that we trained were fighters. They were hard. They were fighters. And they fought. They fought up. There was a unit that was totally wiped out four days before we left because they ran out of ammunition. Uh, I'm not saying that there was never an Afghan National Army unit that didn't lay down their weapons and walk. Sure. I'm sure that occurred. But nationally, they fought. I mean, these people were fighters. I mean, and, and, and I got to say, you know, 
did the appropriate funds get to the fighters? If you look at some of the generals and some of the upper echelon of the government, at some of their homes, you just got to do a little digging. I'm thinking a lot of money maybe never made it down to the troops. Right. So U.S. money came in, and a lot of that was diverted elsewhere. Well, I, you know, the, the Afghan government is very corrupt, like most countries. Sure. You know, and and it's just um, it's just a problem I think that happens when we go into these countries, and it's and it's a diplomacy thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a diplomat. Right. Um, <laughs> You're fighter. You know, and, you know, so I really can't speak on their job. I'm sure their job is very difficult in managing all this corruption and some of the funds and, and how they get down to the people that, that they're supposed to be. Yeah. But, you know, obviously here it's been going on for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other frustrating thing is everybody starts leveraging it and, and exploits it the next day politically, pointing fingers. Well, I got handed this. Well, I couldn't do that. You know, this is the time to get our Afghan colleagues out period. That's what they should be working on. They should be working on securing a pathway to get the Americans out. Right now, it's a storm over there, and it's not easy. We had a guy make it to the airport, and he couldn't get in. You know, we got, they're hiding. I mean, our guys are hiding. There was one interpreter caught. They hung him, and they did dismembered him, and they did quite a few other things. If you think the Taliban is going to negotiate with you safe passage, you are kidding yourself. You cannot believe one word that comes out of their mouth. Right now, they're trying to legitimize themselves as a government, as a group. They're only doing it. It's all smoke and mirrors, man. As soon as they get what they want, these people are going to be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us about the 100,000 people who are trying to get out? Good luck. Good luck. Good luck, because right now we're trying to help our own people. I mean, and, and everyone, and I've spoke to the two representatives here, uh, Congressman Lamb and mm-hmm. Rethensoller, mm-hmm. I believe. They both go back to us. They're helping. They they gave us some some forms. We're uploading information of our guys. They they've both been great. I mean, they've responded very favorably to, to me. So you've got you've got um, Afghans who have aided you over the years that you're trying to get out. Are you also trying to get Americans out? We're not because we don't know them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many Americans are there. Um, they're probably with other nonprofit NGOs, humanitarian type missions. Um, these are the folks we know that, that had our backs, and, and literally that we just left them. So we feel obligated to try to get them out of there. Right. Okay. So the word is, I mean, again, I'm just reading, you know, what I'm reading, that things are much better under control than they were just a few days ago, and eventually, whether the Biden administration kicks the exit, you know, down a few days, things are going to calm down a little bit. There should be some order restored, and people are going to get out when they need to get out. I can't, I can't answer that, right? Because uh, you know the people we're talking on the ground, they're, they're, they say it's very dangerous for them to even try to get to the airport because they know who they are. Taliban has already burned down several houses of the families of the people we work with. They've already been to other several houses several times looking for them, so they know who they are, and they're relentless in finding them. Because anybody that worked with an American will be killed. Anybody that was an interpreter for an American. They will be killed, and their families will be killed. So if people don't get out, at some point in the very near future, there's going to be a wholesale slaughter. Oh, it's already occurred. I, we talked a little bit about the one interpreter that's already been hanged. There's hundreds of them probably been killed by now. But we don't know about that because the Taliban's putting on a happy face. Sure, sure. You, you know, And I think there's some different factions within that organization. You know, There's some splinter groups in there, and you have the one on TV that's trying to legitimize right. themselves. That's even infuriating in itself that anybody would legitimize these people. That's an insult. And if everything you're seeing on any type of cable or mainstream news source, don't believe it. I'm telling you. It, it's either very watered down or very... Hyped up. Yeah. <laughs> it, whatever the agenda is that they want to they want to project. I mean, and we've known this. This is COVID. Or, I mean, you take anything. But, sure. but here you're talking about people's lives. You're talking about people that stood next to American forces and American contractors and had our back when we were out there. And now we got on a helicopter and there was no plan to get them. We could have started this months ago. The equipment and stuff we left there, I mean, all over the country, I mean, you hear it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's shocking of how we, how we did that. I mean, we could have started a plan months ago to get some of these folks identified and not. But for whatever reason, the Biden administration said, now's the time. We're going to cut our losses and just be done with it. Well, I think it was too late. Taliban was moving so fast. And, and you take a look at that from an optic. 
the United States couldn't have taken that country that fast. There's other things going yeah, on here. Yeah, so there had to have been governmental There had to be somebody. There, yeah, yeah, there had to be some information sharing. I mean, as fast as they moved to that country, there's no way they did it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you just take a look at and, and, and do, the, do the math. I mean, there's no way they covered that kind of ground without some help. Right. Once the announcement was that these troops are going to leave, it emboldened Taliban. Right. So that was, what, two years ago maybe? Yeah, roughly. And there was a plan. There was a plan sure. with conditions. You know, there were, and if the conditions weren't met, we were staying. Well, that just went went away. Like the past year, Taliban did what they wanted, and nobody stepped their foot back on them. You know, you have to understand too. The Afghan National Army was trained ground game and air assault, air and ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the where the air support go for these guys in the past six months. Right, so that was just pulled. It's just gone. I mean, so now you train these people. Air, with, with the equipment that you've given them, and now you're taking the equipment away. Yeah, and we had air support for them, so they were they were, they knew the ground game with the air support, and then all of a sudden they lost the air support, and nobody knew like where's the air support for these guys because mm-hmm. they were trained that way. So basically, you took half of their capability, a big piece, and they're like now now you know what, what you know. So they they were a little bit undermanned as far as that capability, and that's the way they were trained. You know, so trying to retrain them, I don't think ever occurred. Um, but, you know, the thing was a mess. It, it was just kicking the can down the road. I mean, we, trying to get answers was just very difficult because I just don't know if anybody really knew what the final plan was. Right. What time? When did they want to do it? And if you needed to spend some more time there, well, you know, if you're going to save lives and you're looking at it now, we got 5,000 troops there and they're talking about staying another month. So what accomplished this by leaving it just go and think it was going to work itself out? It just was. was And the potential for increased violence is just going up and up. And so, you know, it brings up a point. You know, you think about and people have talked about this. How many thousands of U.S. servicemen lost their lives or how many people were maimed, you know, maimed forever? Just horrible injuries. If that was your dad or that was your brother or that was your husband, it just breaks your heart. You think. What was this all about? What what were the heck we were doing there in the, in the in the whole sense? Yeah, yeah. You know the veterans that served there. You know they were successful. The mm-hmm. Afghan people have made progress. Um, I get a little taste of that feeling. Our missions are training. You know we're not out there running patrols. We're not out there. You know offensive offensive uh, actions, and just the, the effort we put in there with our guys, training them, supporting them, getting to know their families, our guys that work with us. Besides the units we trained, I can only imagine the vets that, that were out there fighting and getting injured and losing their buddies who are sitting at home now. I mean, there's no shame there. Those guys and, and women, they did their job. They did their job. And there was a lot of Afghans prospered from it. And and I think if they can hold on to a little bit of that hope. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. You know, that, that there may be there may be some some formidable pushback here at some point. So that's Joe Sweeney. Uh, as I said, if you missed it, he's um, he's a he lives in Moon Township, and he's a uh, security officer, uh, a contractor, I should say, not an officer. Works for the federal government. Uh, he's a former Pittsburgh city cop, and uh, he's not somebody you want to mess with. I don't think. Got a chance to meet him here at the studio yesterday, uh, and he was on with John and Kathy, who do the uh, ride home with John and Kathy on uh, Word FM. That's one hundred point one hundred one point five every day. Uh, and uh, I appreciate them uh, letting me steal the uh, the interview from them. But who would you rather listen to, uh, Joe Sweeney or Joe Biden right now? Joe's been over there. Joe said today that, as far as he knows, the uh, the Taliban is not preventing people from getting to the uh, airport. They're just people, Americans are showing their passport, and the Taliban are letting them through. And then about 10 minutes later, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, he said, uh, "Well, yeah, they are getting beat. They're they're getting beat up. They're being beaten up." And uh, he said, "The beatings are unacceptable." So Joe says they're letting them through. His Secretary of Defense says they're getting beaten up by the Taliban. Other than that, it was a good day for Joe and his administration. I'll be right back. SRN News, I'm John Scott. 
President Biden pledging to evacuate any American currently in Afghanistan who wants to come home. The president made the promise as he provided an update on the tense situation in that country. Thousands of Americans and Afghans are clamoring to leave. Meanwhile, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the crisis in Afghanistan comes after the Biden administration failed to project strength to the Taliban. He notes former President Trump was confronted several times with the Taliban breaking its agreements. They violate the agreement. You respond with a cost that exceeds what they had done. You make clear that you did this in response to their violation, and you tell them, don't do it again. And if you do, we'll come back harder, faster, stronger. Former Secretary Pompeo was interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. On Wall Street, stocks remain higher. The Dow up 176 points, and the Nasdaq 140 points higher. This is SRN News. Well, when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear, the rescue dog, was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur, and Lavette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work, so I was at a dead end. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I've been hearing Dynavite on the radio for years. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin, and all right. I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dynavite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch an itch, and he started to put weight on. Dynavite is nutrition. I wish that we would have started the Dynavite right away. It would have been so much easier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hugh Hewitt is ashamed of our actions. The United States made a choice to sacrifice all of our allies of 20 years and the women of Afghanistan. It is 100% on Joe Biden. It is 100% his decision to leave these people to a dark night descending. This is deeply shameful. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. The United States has killed Osama bin Laden. Hours after that announcement, the White House leaked that it was SEAL Team 6 that carried out the operation. Al-Qaeda placed bounties on the heads of all Navy SEALs. Then just three months later, a U.S. Army helicopter carrying many from SEAL Team 6 and others. Anybody out there? We have a fallen angel. A fallen angel. Roger. Fallen angel. Extortion 1-7. The story most Americans don't know. Watch exclusively at SalemNow.com. This is Todd Chapman with Food for the Poor. Very sad news to report, as disaster once again has struck Haiti, the poorest country in this hemisphere. Over the weekend, a magnitude 7 earthquake rumbled through the southwest region of the island nation. Hundreds are confirmed dead, many more missing. The destruction is widespread. We're hearing reports of 7 out of 10 homes destroyed in some areas. Families already living in extreme poverty are now homeless and living in the streets. They're in need of everything. Food for the Poor is mobilizing emergency relief to the victims of this tragedy. Shipments of food, water, hygiene supplies, and other items are already en route, and we know the need for these supplies will only increase in the days and weeks to come. So your generous and compassionate support is needed now to help these devastated families. Please, give your most generous gift right now. Call 866-922-4673, 866-922-4673, or click the red Give Food banner at theanswerpgh.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. It is busy all over. Let's start with the Parkway East outbound looking solid from Boulevard of the Allies up to Edgewood, Swissvale. Parkway West inbound heavy approaching Carnegie down to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 28-year delays of up to 15 minutes between Butler Street and the Highland Park Bridge. Inbound Parkway North heavy between Reedsdale Street and the Fort Pitt Bridge. Accident in Penn Hills area, Leechburg Road at Caldwell Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Partly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 64. Tomorrow, partly sunny and humid. Tomorrow will reach a high of 83. Clear and mild tomorrow night, the low 65. Sunday will be humid. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Sunday of 86. 
Monday, partly sunny and humid with a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, just about everything has been overshadowed by the stupidity of the President of the United States and the fiasco in Afghanistan, but school has already started in a lot of places around the country. It'll be starting around here next week, and that means more kids being taught critical race theory. Parents are fighting back, and so are some uh, school district employees out in Missouri. Two employees of the largest school district out there have filed a suit. They're being represented by the Southeastern Legal Foundation. Braden Busek is the uh, director of litigation for the Southeastern Legal Foundation, and he joins us now. Braden, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's always great to be on the air in Pittsburgh. So uh, what's the basis for the lawsuit? Well, we, uh, we've got a school district in Missouri that requires all the staff to attend mandatory training on racial equity, learning to become a, quote, anti-racist. And the problem is that becoming an anti-racist requires educators to affirm a divisive and discriminatory programming that treats individuals differently based on their skin color. Yeah, and, and what are they claiming is the unconstitutional condition of employment? Well, these are straight First Amendment claims. The way that the district sets up their training is they require you to be compelled to agree to a doctrine that they know to be illegal and unconstitutional. For instance, these educators are required to admit that colorblindness is a form of white supremacy, and they're being compelled to agree that they are racist because of the, they are colorblind in their approach to caring for children. And, uh, and the stupidity is pretty well known about this, the, the critical race theory, and it's, you know, it's based on a uh, completely flawed uh, theory and, and a project uh, and, and that's been debunked by historians everywhere when it comes down to the teaching of the history. But this, this part of it, where it, it, it goes so much, far, so much beyond you know, teaching uh, the 1619 project, uh, that uh, you're actually, it's mind control, right? I mean, it's, it's a form of mind control. Yeah, they put the staff in a no-win situation. So, for instance, they warn the staff that even white, even white silence is a form of white supremacy. And so if you're a staff member, here's what you can do. You can say what you really think, in which case you're a white supremacist at the risk of being asked to leave. You can repeat what you think the district wants to hear in conflict with your own beliefs and admit you're a white supremacist. Or you cannot speak at all at the risk of being labeled a white supremacist. <laughs> and I mean, uh, and also one of my favorites is um, uh, the op- what is the oppression matrix? Sure, that was one of the exercises that staff were required to participate in. And if you go to our website at slfliberty.org, you can actually see uh, some of the depictions here. Um, but the oppression matrix is one that requires you to rate where you fall on the oppression matrix depending on your color, your gender, your sexuality, um, your disability status, all of those things rate you differently on the oppression matrix. See, I I don't know. I'm I'm fortunate enough to have gone through being, you know, uh, having been employed and and, uh, never having to deal with this. I don't think I'm ever going to have to deal with it. Uh, This is, I mean... How 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 strong is the resistance to this? Because this is just beyond stupid. Well, I'll tell you what. It, the resistance is very strong. We have two very brave educators who are willing to step forward to protect their children. And, you know, what they're being asked to do is to absorb this ideology and then pass it down to the school children. Yeah. So we really need the educators to be the ones to step forward and say, no, I'm not doing it. And we at Southeastern Legal will do the hard work of trying to defend those people. But it's a real honor and, uh, you know, I hope parents out there hear this and appreciate what these educators are going through on behalf of their children. These educators can't care more about our kids than we do. But, but this, is, uh, this is going on at, at uh, major corporations, too. American Express, Bank of America, the late, latest, uh, uh, two of the more recent ones that I'm aware of, they're, they're, they're making their employees um, uh, adhere to this and, and listen to this and sit through meetings and, you know, just the, and be bombarded with this stupidity. How's, how are, how is that different from doing it with the teachers? Is there a difference? Well, uh, there's a difference from a legal perspective because one's private action and one is state. But having said that, all of these things are political in, with your end goal. The goal is to sway people to vote a particular way. And in fact, in um, SPS school district, they actually told the teachers to vote socialist and to encourage te- students to vote socialist. 
So it's not about education. It's not about student welfare. It's not even about so-called racism. This is purely political driven, and that's also illegal. Well, I mean, so if if uh, and these these two employees that are filing the suit, they're getting the attention now. We're talking about them because they filed a suit. But um, how much pushback is there from other teachers and other employees, either on the record or off the record? Well, I, I think that there's a lot more people who are on their side than you might think if you just look at Twitter. But having said that, there are certainly people for whom this borders on a religion. And so they know that they're going to have to go to school every day with people considering them to be a white supremacist. But that's something that they're willing to bear because they care that much about the kids that they educate. And it's high time that all of us care as much as these teachers that are willing to put their name on the dotted line and stand up and litigate. We're talking to Braden Busek. He's the director of litigation for the Southeastern Legal Foundation, representing a couple employees at, a, at the largest school district in Missouri where they're trying to stuff uh, critical race theory down their throats. Um, and I guess my problem is, I don't. Are you are you instantly fired? I mean, if you're sitting in that meeting and you say, you know what, this is ridiculous. I don't believe any of this. I mean, can they fire you on the spot, or what, or can they threaten you with being fired? I mean, how does it happen that they can just dismiss you for disagreeing with them? The staff are clearly told that this was a requirement of their training. This was a requirement of their employment, and if they fail to satisfy this condition, then their pay would be docked. But but it's one thing to tell people that this is what you know this is what we believe this is what uh, this is our uh, philosophy uh, and just so you understand that's what our philosophy is but you have to adapt it as you know you have to adopt it as your philosophy uh, yeah that's, that's a big exactly difference. the point sure I mean this is obviously a contentious debate that America's having but we got to at least let it be a debate. And the point here is to try and shut down a debate by labeling everybody who disagrees with you as a white supremacist and force them to affirm ideas with which they disagree. That's why this is a straight-up First Amendment free speech challenge that we hope to prevail on. Parents are the oppressors of children, should have gotten the attention of some parents. Uh, How many of them are are, are pushing back? (laughs) Well, we represent the teachers right now, but we fully expect a lot of the parents to, uh, to wake up and to realize what's going on and uh, support our brave educators, um, just as your listeners will as well. And the school district uh, says this about the lawsuit. says it's it's a serious distraction that consumes time and resources better focused on children. Now, if I were a parent, I think I'd be happy to have the teachers distracted from from, uh, filling my kids with this stuff. It's kind of the point, isn't it? It's not just that this ideology is insidious and unconstitutional. It's also a giant waste of time. No one is learning how to read or write when they're learning how to become an anti-racist. Yeah, that was my next question. Um, they're talking about this being a distraction from what they are trying to teach the kids, but isn't what they're trying to teach the kids a distraction from educating them? You know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's absolutely right. They want them to learn about oppression, white supremacy, systemic racism, engage in identity development and understanding, and become anti-racist educators. If it sounded like it was re- I was reading, that's because I was. That's a condition of their employment. Wow. Yeah, your organization uh, also represented a drama teacher in Illinois back in June. That one involved the 14th Amendment. Where does that stand right now? So we filed it. We expect to be hearing from the school district up there uh, shortly. But I hope your listeners will follow that case as well, because this is a woman who actually reported what was going on in her school district, which involved actual little, literal segregation on the basis of race. She reported to the Office of Civil Rights Enforcement, and the Office of Civil Rights Enforcement found in her favor. Um, unfortunately, just three days after President Biden was inaugurated, he withdrew those findings, making it the only thing that he withdrew from faster than Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, the 14th Amendment is uh, equal protection. Correct. Now, you, you cannot separate students based on their skin color. Yeah, and uh, can it, is, the, is the goal here to set the precedent, uh, precedent and, uh, uh, so that this can be applied all across the country to, in, in states everywhere where this, is, this stupidity is being pushed? Absolutely. Remember, public schools are arms of the government. Mm-hmm. They have all the authority. They have all the power. The check on that is in the courtroom. And ironically, one of the most well-settled and well-known principles of American law is that the government cannot discriminate against school children on the basis of their skin color. 
And how uh, how long is this uh, going to take? Do you think uh, to you know to, to resolve? And this is a suit that's going to be. Is this going to be go on for a while? It's hard to say, but we're in the fight as long as it takes. That's how much we care about this issue. But I mean, is it is it something that's going to? You would hope to get to all the way to the Supreme Court. We'll take the fight as high as we need to go. I mean, SLF Liberty has been in this fight since 1976. We have always been in the fight against state-sanctioned racism. We're not going to allow backsliding in 2021. We've taken cases to the United States Supreme Court before and won, and we're prepared to do it again. And um, are there are, are are there is there a trend around the country? Are you noticing that there are more people going to want to file lawsuits? Uh, I absolutely think so. As this movement becomes more aggressive and uh, less willing to compromise, you're going to start to see people who are willing to push back, brave people like our educators, both in Chicago and in Springfield, Missouri. Well, we're talking to uh, Braden Busek. He's the director of uh, litigation for the Southeastern Legal Foundation. What should people do who are listening now? Uh, you know, school starts around here next week. Uh, when they find out that this uh, garbage is being stuffed down their kids' throats, what, what should they do about it? Should they contact you? They can always contact us at slfliberty.org, and you can also follow us on Twitter at slf underscore dot liberty. But the most important thing is that parents need to be watchful and vigilant over what's going on in their schools and their education. Well, hey, Braden, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck with the uh, lawsuits. And uh, I, hope it, well, I hope if it goes all the way to the Supreme Court and can set a good precedent, I'm all for that, too. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me. Bye. Okay. That's Braden Busek, and we'll be right back. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life, and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable, and Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $49.99. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper and so much more. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code STAG. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you know, we have our own problems with COVID-19 in our country, but conditions are much worse in other parts of the world, specifically Latin America and the Caribbean. Kids are going hungry. And that's where food for the poor comes in and where you can make an immediate impact. Anitra Parmalee of Food for the Poor joins us now. Anitra, I want you to start, if you would, with telling us who Doña Amanda is. Somebody who is on the other side of your generous gift. When you go to the answerpgh.com, click on that red food banner and give a gift of $37. You are rescuing a child providing two meals a day. John, I'm going to say that again because it's kind of extraordinary. Two meals a day for six months with your gift of $37. Doña Amanda lives in Nicaragua and she has taken over the care of her children because of a tragedy that hit her family. She works at the local landfill and to be honest, that is just a pleasant word for the dump. She is scrabbling for anything to feed her grandchildren. You change that despair, that darkness into hope and light when you give a gift. You give Doña Amanda peace and joy and a replacement for the fear for the future with your gift. $37 will feed one of her grandchildren for the next six months. John, that's until February of 2022. If you want to just make a note on your online calendar, how much good you're doing with your gift of $37. Yeah, and uh, she's got five kids she's taking care of, so $185 will feed those five kids for six months. 
Kind of incredible, huh? That we can, we can make a gift that's equivalent to a couple pennies a day, but literally, $37 provides six months of life-saving food. These are families, our team went into a, a shack. It was a, a home, but, you know, it was about the size of the shed maybe that you have in your garden. And there was a mother there with two young children, maybe one, seven, one, nine, two little boys. And one was eating a handful of rice and the other one just kept staring at him. And through the interpreter, we asked, why aren't you eating? And the little boy replied, it's not my day to eat. Oh, boy. That is how severe the food shortage is in these countries where we serve. Honduras, enduring two devastating hurricanes. We met Maria, and I saw visually the definition of shell-shocked. She had to escape the rising waters, leaving whatever small items she had for life behind. She grabbed her son. They managed to escape with their lives only to fear that because of a lack of food, an inability to go to the three jobs that she had that got her a couple dollars a day because of COVID and quarantine, she doesn't know where she's going to get food for tomorrow. You answer that with your gift. $37 providing six months of life-saving food to a child like Maria's. When you go to theanswerpgh.com, just click on that red Give Food banner. And my question is, how many children can you rescue right now? Give us an idea of of the kind of food that Food for the Poor will be uh, distributing to these kids and how you get it to them. Well, the food baskets include all the non-perishable. So it's beans and rice, corn or corn flour, uh, cereal that's been fortified, sugar, cooking oil, even some hygienic items like soap and chlorine and a a pamphlet on COVID-19 preventative measures because so many of these people are, are isolated. They don't know what's going on. And John, we work with ministries on the ground, pastors and, and, missionaries on the ground in these communities who are able to to geometrically increase our impact. So as unique as the situation is to a community, to a country, that's how unique their delivery is. Because obviously we're not able to do the mass feeding programs that we're accustomed to. So pastors are throwing food baskets in the back of their pickups. They're they're filling kayaks with food baskets and floating into flooded areas that have been out of reach. They're using burrows and four-wheel drives. But rest assured, our community partners are committed to taking your generous gift, translating it into life-saving food, and then getting it to those most in need. Yeah, and that's the thing about uh, food for the poor, that when people give, they can be confident that the money they give is going directly to the people they're giving it to. Uh, and it's going to turn into food for them. You are exactly right. We take it so seriously. Our integrity is without question. You can always head over to foodforthepoor.org, get any of your questions answered. But let me tell you, I have stood in front of mothers who have expressed with tears flowing down their face the difference that a gift like yours has made. I've been a part of a food distribution. I've been a part of areas that intervene with mothers whose children are on the edge because of malnutrition. I have seen the results of gifts like yours. And I can attest with everything that's within me that your gift is getting to the people that need it most and it is making a lifetime of difference for them. Imagine, who will the children you rescue become? Are they community leaders? Are they pastors? Are they fathers and mothers? That is yet to unfold as part of the story on the other end of your gift. When you head over to theanswerpgh.com and make your gift by clicking the Give Food banner right there. Again, the numbers are easy. $37 provides six months of life-saving food for a child. How many children can you rescue? Yeah, and uh, I'll give you the other ones real quick. $185 for five kids, $370 will feed 10 kids for six months. And they will get the food if you give the money. So, uh, Anitra, I really appreciate you being with us, and good luck with the campaign this year. 
Oh, thank you so much for your uh, partnership. Anit- You're changing the world. Anitra, one more time with the phone number and the website. 866-922-HOPE. So it's 866-922-4673. Or you can always head over to theanswerpgh.com and just click on that red Give Food banner and change the life of a child. Anitra, thank you. Good luck. Okay, uh, we're finishing up our uh, campaign for food for the poor. Again, $37, six months of food for a kid. Uh, go to the answerpgh.com, click on the button, and uh, give, your, give your gift, and the, it, it turns into food for the kids. Got to finish up here with um, some COVID stupidity. Uh, you know, <laughs> with the Afghanistan thing is, and, and everything else that's going on, the COVID starting to get pushed to the side a little bit. If, have you seen? You're you're aware. I just was uh, in uh, a supermarket the other day, and I, I was standing behind a plastic barrier, trying to hear what the person was saying to me, and she was wearing a mask behind the barrier. Uh, and I said to him, "You know, it was actually a woman." I said, "You know, uh, they're finding out that these barriers, just so you know, they don't work." Okay. Uh, according to a story in the New York Times, it says study, scientists who study aerosols, airflow, and ventilation say that much of the time the barriers don't help and probably give people a false sense of security. And sometimes the barriers can make things worse. This is more science for you. And it's uh, I know at least two or three restaurants where people spend a lot of money for those barriers. Here's here's the here's the, uh, the quote under normal conditions in stores, classrooms and offices, exhaled breath particles disperse, carried by air currents and depending on the ventilation system are replaced by fresh air roughly every 15 to 30 seconds. But erecting plastic barriers can change airflow in a room, disrupt disrupt normal ventilation and create quote dead zones where viral aerosol particles can build up and become highly concentrated so tonight you'll probably go in somewhere a drugstore somewhere and you'll be standing there with a cashier behind a glass uh, plexiglass barrier it's a waste of time money too by the way for all the businesses unbelievable stupidity and we hear more of it every day and you know what i'm sure we'll hear more of it next week i hope you're listening thanks to mike and darren for helping out i'll talk to you on monday bye the john staggerwald show is a production of the answer pittsburgh and salem media group three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com